Spoiler alert! The Silver Screen Redemption includes few to no spoilers. Due to Houston and Brian's lack of cinematic knowledge, most of their movie information is either false or imagined. However, if they still leave you feeling paranoid about potential spoilers, please check the episode description for details. Welcome, everybody, to the Silver Screen Redemption, our podcast where we take your favorite movie franchises, review them, discuss them, look into them. Very, vi- I don't know what I'm saying. It's been a while. Hi, Brian. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to the studio. I'm a little rusty. Yeah. I'll, I don't remember what I say now. No, we I did... think I think you said all the stuff you usually say, and then you just kept going. So, that's yeah, great. we. This is where we talk about movies that we want to see potentially in the future. Yeah. Either because they're very good or because they're a disaster. Or or just because they need more. They, they need uh, a sequel. What we're trying to do here is redeem our favorite movie franchises, bring them back onto the silver screen. I think that's how we can summarize this experience. That's maybe why we titled our podcast yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, and one thing that, you know, Christmas coming up, you know, it's definitely on my mind. Star Wars. Star Wars. Of course. Um, one thing that that I don't know if our listeners know uh, is that with Star Wars, we have done a Star Wars episode. But, oh, you're bringing this cat out of the bag. Yeah, we did a Star Wars episode. And I was thinking, like, oh, maybe this is the Star Wars episode because Star Wars is coming out, Last Jedi. Okay. But we did do we did a do a Rogue One episode back in the day, and it just do, did not get released because we screwed up the recording or something. I think it got to the climax of the film and then uh, the podcast ghost came in and destroyed everything. Yeah. He, he was shaped like Obi-Wan yeah. from the movies as a ghost and he clicked stop recording and then he burned our disc Yeah, or SD card, I guess it is. And then it just sent the ashes into the world. Well, if you think about it- We've it, been trying to gather those ashes back and assemble them into one piece and it just hasn't worked. Yeah, well, if you think about it, that podcast ended the same way Rogue One did. Everyone died. Oh, that's true. Except the, it was the podcast that died. So I don't know. We could uh, we could go there. We could redeem our own our own movie, our own well, podcast. Okay. The Silver Screen Redemption. I don't like it when we get a home run the first pitch up to bat. Because it was great. It, re- it really was a good movie. Yeah. So I want to put that as a let's bookmark it Okay. and okay. come back to it. Um, I want to come out swinging all the way yet. So okay. let's discuss some other ideas. Just Perfect. see if there's some other potentials. Let's go over movie news a little yeah. bit. We, we um, both need to sort of catch up on this. Yeah. You've so been gone. I've been busy. I have been gone. I've been getting married. Hooray. It's amazing what happens to your life when you get married. Yeah. I, I literally wake up every day and realize that I have no time left. It's not even because I'm so busy. It's just they literally take a four-hour chunk of your day out. goes from 7 o'clock to 11 o'clock. It's gone. It's just gone. Yeah. It doesn't happen for you. So few movies that have come out in November that we didn't discuss are uh, Murder on the Orient Express. I think you guys touched that. We mentioned it. We didn't get mentioned into it. mentioned it yeah. in the last episode. Um, Justice League. Justice League. We showed a little Thor love. We didn't quite show that much Justice League love. No, not so at all. So that's a potential. Um, Coco. Coco. Big one. Wonder, which I haven't seen. I saw that yesterday, actually. Okay. I was doing pretty good through it, and then the ending just hit me right in the eyes. Right in the eyes. They started bleeding tears. Wow. I mean, it does feel like that kind of movie. 
Uh, I love David Diggs, so that one might might get me to see it. Um, I'm not really big on heartwarming heartwarming movies. It's I have a, a hard time with one. them sometimes. Despite it's kind of like the tonal fluff of it, yeah. that it's just like, oh, it's trying to make you feel good. It's actually pretty well written, okay. I'd say. Cool. Um, it does it from an interesting perspective. I don't think this is a spoiler necessary, but it looks into the lives of others around the guy, around the kid, and shows how his his situation affects them in ways that, like, it's not all about this kid yeah. and his struggles, but how they struggle because of it. Kind oh, of interesting, thing. yeah. So I liked that a lot. David Diggs uh, is the teacher, right? Isn't he like a teacher uh-huh. or something? Okay. He actually did break out into Hamilton rap in the extended cut. Oh, good. Um, coming out on Blu-ray. I was lucky enough to see that feature. Very nice. Um, um, I, he suddenly had a French accent. It was very weird. Oh, so he was Lafayette, not Jefferson. He was okay. not Jefferson. Interesting. Um, interestingly enough, Inigo Montoya was the principal All, of the school. Interesting. Okay. I haven't seen him in anything in forever. Yeah. I think he was maybe in an episode of How I Met Your Mother. That makes sense. Maybe they just talk about it. There's there's the episode where there's all the old people and they say, Mandy Patinkin. He actually had six fingers in this movie. Interesting. That's an interesting That's how twist. he connected with the boy. They both okay. had some deformities. Yeah. That was his. It's very interesting. And an ego Montoya now has is now the character from that movie who has six fingers. Uh-huh. That makes sense. Uh-huh. Okay. It's um, very interesting. Good. <laughs> um Um Wonder I don't I don't know what I can do with Wonder where I haven't seen it and That's fine. Um, I also don't want to make a movie to it because I feel like it would just come off insensitive. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'll be honest there. Yeah, that would be um, not great. Okay, the disaster artist is very interesting. To oh me yes, because I have heard about the room, but did not know anything about it. Um, and then the disaster artist came out, and now there's a bunch of information. The room is its own wonder, right? In a very different way. Very incredible in how awful it is. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been meaning to see now, but. Uh, um, the disaster I, is the making of, right? Yeah, okay. which is an interesting concept that we can maybe put in our movie. Yeah, is the making of a movie. Yeah. Okay. Like I don't know. I'm thinking of like the making of the Justice League. How did that go down? Because that was a whole dramatic situation with and Zack it, Snyder, the critics, his daughter uh, committing suicide, Joss Whedon coming in. Wow. Um. So Joss Whedon was the final director on it. Yes. Oh, right. Okay. And there's debates as to how much he actually directed, how much uh, did he just edit. When you watch the movie, there's signs that show like this feels like very much Zack Snyder. This feels very Joss Whedon. Interesting. Um, somehow, it's the most outside of Wonder Woman. It's the most tonally united movie. Um, huh. In that it's not like Batman v Superman, where it's like dark and growling Batman to like mopey mo Superman to. <laughs> Oh, boy, I'm Lex Luthor. <laughs> oh, I thought that was uh, Mickey Mouse for a second. Uh, I mean, he kind of was in that movie. Interesting. Um, uh, all I know is the, I've heard about the mustache. Is that a thing? Uh-huh. That he like kind of has a mustache sometimes? He doesn't have a mustache in the movie. He just has a really robotic, digitalized face in the movie. To remove a mustache. Exactly. Got it. Because of reshoots? Is that what it was? Uh-huh. Okay, interesting. Thus, he has a giant overbite. Interesting. In the movie. I need to see it. I've I've been meaning to see it. I just haven't gotten around to it. Let's see. There's The Shape of Water, which is coming out, which is essentially a love story between a mute girl and the creature from the Black Lagoon. That's If fun. you really want to summarize that. Okay. So I don't know if... I mean, it's kind of past Halloween time. We could have... 
had it come out then, we could have looked into it more. But a love story between a a B-list Halloween character. Yeah, that's interesting. I'd watch that. Yeah. I don't know if I will actually watch The Shape of Water, but um, I would watch The Creature from the Black Lagoon falling in love with... I mean, King Kong. Wasn't, wasn't I, she in love with true. King Kong? Maybe not. I think he just... I think it was a one-way one way relationship, but... Meet Maybe Joe Black. Lo- Maybe I'm thinking of Meet Joe Black, because she's not like in love with him, but it is like there's a relationship there. Yeah. Um, that is besides the point. Uh, where do we want to go with this? We've got a lot of options here. Um, another bit of interesting news in the world is Quentin Tarantino, director oh, and writer right. yeah. of Kill Bill and Glorious Bastards, Django Unchained, Pulp Fiction, is going to direct the next Star Trek movie. Hey, it makes sense. Isn't it going to be rated R even? Like, yeah. That's, uh, that is an interesting twist. I can't comprehend how this would even go down. Like, I can't even think of, like, a more random, like, franchise-director combination other than maybe Taika Waititi and Star Wars. That's another uh, interesting one that came out this I, week. I think we'll... I mean, Kathleen Kennedy hasn't confirmed. Right, that is not, like... I don't think it's an actual thing. Someone said, hey... But I think there's enough buzz behind it, it might actually be a thing. It could be So yeah. I could see us in 2019 getting the Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie we never realized we always wanted... <laughs> the Taika Waititi Star Wars spinoff movie. You know what I think it is? I think the Silver Screen Redemption uh, studio demand list has leaked out into the rest of the industry. Okay. And they're just saying, okay, what if it's a Star Wars movie, but it's Taika Waititi? <laughs> okay, okay, we'll, we'll get this. The next Star Trek movie, but it's Quentin Tarantino. Is it Quentin or Quentin? Quentin. Quentin Tarantino. Um, I, I just think everyone's kind of catching on to our, onto our vision. I, I agree. I think we did kind of go full circle here, and we're back at Star Wars. We're back at Star Wars a little um, bit. Yeah. I don't know. Do we want to pitch? I feel like I want to pitch one of those two movies, either the Quentin Tarantino Star Trek okay. or the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. This is new territory for us that we're like, just like starting with the end. We're starting with like, okay, it's, here's the franchise. Here's the director. And I mean, this is what a lot of writers do, is they'll say, yeah. hey, this is our big project. This is our director that we've got signed to this. Write a script. What if we throw in one more studio demand right at the start before we really get into it? Okay. That could maybe uh, let us I'm know where we that. need to go. Let me pull up our studio demands on our big wheel here that we have. Uh, and... Okay, the recommendation, this is from Joseph Clark, and this is very good. He phrased it, so sometimes our studio demands come in as like, you should do this, or like, change this. This one is phrased actually in character as a studio executive. Uh, Joseph Clark said, how about we like triple the horses? So that's an interesting one to start with, because uh, so far, I didn't know there were horses in this movie, but there are, and now it's triple. Are there star, like, are there star horses? In either the Trek world or the Wars world, um, I'm sure there are in the Star Trek world because Earth is part of that world. Yeah, so I'm sure there are horses. Well, you don't know. It takes place in the future. Maybe all the horses are extinct. Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, it could be like Star Trek Four, where they go back and save the wells. This time, they are going back and saving the horses. So you think Quentin Tarantino? Quentin Tarantino is going to do the save the horses. I think Star Quentin Trek movie. Tarantino. Director 
of of reservoir dogs is very much a profound horse activist. I think this works. Okay, I think we've got a good starting point. Let's run with this. If it completely falls apart, it will release it. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, I think it's called... I, th- I do think it's called Reservoir Horses. Star okay. Trek Star Trek 3 colon Reservoir Horses. Uh, wouldn't it be Star Trek 4 at this uh, point? You're right, Star Trek 4. Which fits with the paradigm of life, because Star Trek 4 with the original crew was, was the, the horses, or the, the whales one. Okay. But so the new no. one doesn't... The new ones aren't numbered, are they? They're just... They're not. They just have a preposition. Exactly. So it's just going to be Star Trek Reservoir Horses. I think we need a preposition, though, to stick with the... With the trend. What about uh, on horses? On horses. That's a preposition. Star Trek on horses. We lost the reservoir horses joke, but I, I think on horses. I think they will be reservoir horses in the movie. That's just not part of the title, but they do say that. Yeah. I do think reservoir horses is a better title for the episode of our podcast so that people know that it is about, it's a Quentin Tarantino Star, Star Trek, Trek movie. movie. I do um, like this. Well, we'll decide that later. Okay, here's my other question. Do we keep the original cast, and by the original cast, I mean the J.J. Abrams original cast. Yeah, Chris Pine and them. Or do we substitute in some Tarantino regulars? So here we've got Uma Thurman, we've got Samuel Jackson, Tim Roth, Steve Buscemi. Um, I think we go that route. I think that would be fun uh, casting Russell. for this. Especially because we have lost uh, Chekhov, I think his name is. Chekhov. Now that he has died, um, it'll be hard having the cast without him. Okay, so who... I think we recast the whole thing. Yeah, okay. So I'm just going to say some names. Okay. Some Tarantino names. You find the Star Trek character that goes with them. Uh, One question we have to decide, is this the Kirk crew or the Picard crew? Because I don't know that much about the Picard crew. I don't either. So it's the Kirk crew it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I mean, I know Patrick Stewart. I yeah. know Will Wheaton. I think maybe we uh maybe it's a grab bag. Maybe we can take what we want. What if this is a a crew team up movie? And okay. so we do have Picard and Kirk coming together. That's good. Just like in that one Star Trek Next Generation movie, which the name is failing me at the moment, but they do team up with the original crew at one point. Okay. Perfect. Um so our Captain Kirk and our Captain Picard. Who are we looking at? I think Steve Buscemi is a, a shoe in for either one. <laughs> Honestly, either one. I think he fits more the Kirk dynamic. I think I think he's more of a Shatner Kirk. Yeah. He's maybe not a Chris Pine young charismatic Kirk, but he is a William Shatner Kirk. A little getting there in his age. Yeah. A little older. So I do think we maybe take a younger Patrick Stewart uh a younger Captain Picard. Yeah. Um, I do think he's still bald. I think we do need to shave Buscemi. I... <laughs> Are you suggesting he plays both roles? Oh, no. No, I totally spaced which one we were using him for. Nope, he's Kirk. Maybe they're but the same person, though. We don't know. You don't know? I think we do know. If there's been a crossover <laughs> movie before, I don't know that much about Star Trek. <laughs> okay, Steve um, Buscemi is Defo Captain, Captain Kirk. Okay. Um, in that case, what if... Captain Picard, we rattle the rattle the chains a little bit, and we cast Samuel Jackson. Oh, that is fun. I I think he's the only one that comes to mind that brings that kind of gravitas that yeah. Patrick Stewart has. 
I was thinking uh, Jesse Eisen. What's his name? Jesse. Oh yeah, Jesse Eisenberg. Um, but we don't tell him that he's not gonna have to shave his head. Just, just like Lex Luthor. <laughs> Isn't that what happened? He was like, cool, I'm all in. Lex Luthor, shaving my head. And they're like, oh, we actually wanted you with hair. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's possible. Yeah, that was a good joke, but I don't think I. that's our casting. I, I kind of like shaking up the bag here a little I bit. I like Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. As Picard. Um, so Uma Thurman is like Tarantino's go-to girl. Yeah. So I think she takes on, uh, what's her name, the translator? Uhura. Uhura. That's a good Uhura. Yeah. Um, we should get Christoph Waltz in there at some point. Maybe he plays Chekhov, except we make him a German instead of Russian. Yeah, I think we are I think we are mixing things up quite a bit here. So, yeah. So I think that works for me. I do love Leo DiCaprio's performance in Django Unchained, so I do think he plays Khan, who returns oh. to this movie. Okay. I know he's not involved with the whales. Yeah. I know he's kind of done his thing, but I want to see a Leo DiCaprio con. But he's con. Interesting. Stealing the horses. Con is stealing the horses then. Yes. So it, this is not like a this is not like a uh, ecological disaster. This is con is stealing horses because horses provide super blood that feeds him and his army. Got it. So he's murdering them. Yes. He's not just u- stealing them and using and them. And transfusing the blood into theirs, which when mixed between a human and a horse, you create the perfect specimen known as centaurs. I just realized where that <laughs> joke was <laughs> that, ending. That already exists. Um, <laughs> our con's, con's not a human, right? He's a superhuman. Got it. He's, he's from Earth. Yes. I don't remember the stuff around Khan. Something like that. That's been um, in a Cumberbatch in the last one, right? Uh-huh. Or uh, Ricardo Montalban from the original Star gotcha. Trek II, gotcha. Wrath of Khan. He was Indian, I believe. That's where the name Khan like, makes me think of, is, yeah. is, uh, is Asia over there. Yeah, I think he was a lit- Latino actor, Ricardo Montalban. Interesting, okay. Um, but anyways, I, I've wanted to see Leo DiCaprio as a villain for yeah. ever since Django Unchained. Because I loved his performance. Yeah. And so I do want to see him as Khan. And that's one of the few Star Trek villains I actually know. Yeah. I'm not a Trekkie. If you haven't. I don't think either of us yeah, are Trekkie. Yeah, neither of us are. And I think that's uh, going to make this an even better movie. I think yeah. all of the real Trekkies would be very upset with this movie. Uh-huh. Um, based on our casting we've done already. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it'll be very good. I think the rest. It'll be like a J.J. Abrams. I think the hardcore Star Trek fans were not super into it. Uh-huh. But it was like more accessible for, for other people. Like I've, I've enjoyed the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. Exactly. I am not a Trekkie. Um. Yeah, where do we go with this? I think I I do want some new characters. Okay. Um. And maybe maybe that is Leo DiCaprio. I, maybe there's a new villain if Khan does not make sense. Okay, we'll call him Khan for now. Yeah, it'll be Khan for now. But um, he maybe he's his name is Leo, like the the constellation. Oh, okay. What if he's just himself? We've done that before. Why not? Leo DiCaprio has been sent into the future. Oh, okay. Oh, he's stealing the horses. In our time, hence the Star Trek crew has to come back in time yes. to stop him from yes. stealing the horses. Yes, I think that in he the, hides on a reservoir. I think in Star Trek times, I I do think there is another villain. I think there's another villain. I just keep feeling played like, by John Travolta. There is oh, that's very good. John Travolta, he is benefiting somehow. He went back and told Leo to steal the horses. He's like, hey. 
I know this thing about horse blood, and I need you to I need you to steal all the horses. So John Travolta is con now. John Travolta is con. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio is Leonardo DiCaprio. But he's so amazed by this character who is the perfect idealization of Trump, John Travolta. Yeah. Which he might already be in that position, but let's say that he's the perfect version of John Travolta in that he doesn't say Adim Dizel. Adim Dizel, yeah. He actually says Adina Manzel. I think Adina Manzel is in this. I think she makes the soundtrack. Oh, that's good. I think, yeah, that's perfect for me. I don't know how that would fit. It wouldn't, Especially but it's since great. Quentin Tarantino usually goes <laughs> to like obscure hipster 60s songs for his yeah. soundtracks. Yeah. But um, I'm, let's put that on the back burner. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll get to it when we get to it, or we won't, maybe. Um, do we have the whole crew? I don't think we have the whole crew. We don't have. We don't have any of the the Picard crew. No, we don't. Picard is Samuel L. Jackson. Um, Riker is a person. Riker is a person. There's data. There um, is. There is. You know who'd be fun data or data, as I like to say, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. I'd love to see him as an android. You know, I can see it. I think he'd be funny. He's not a Tarantino staple, but I do He's like not. that. I don't know enough Tarantino staples to keep going with that. <laughs> so you, um, we'll you put, bring him in when you bring him in. Okay. Um, Kurt Russell as Riker. We'll That's a that. good cast. Okay. That's a good cast. I don't know any more Picard cast. Um, the Will Wheaton character, the little boy. Will Wheaton. <laughs> it's just still Will Wheaton as an adult. Okay. Because, yeah, Kurt Russell, he's a little older. Yeah. Um... And then the blind guy, I think we bring in Jamie Foxx. Blind guy? Oh, he is blind. Yeah. Jamie Foxx is interesting. Okay. And then Tim Roth is Scotty with the original cast. Okay. That's our lineup. That's a good that's a good lineup. I'd watch yeah. this movie. I'd watch I'd watch anything made by us. That's I think true. I've said that a lot. So um Okay, we got the cast, so let's focus in on the nitty gritty. We've got the of basic general plot. Um what's his, who is John Travolta. Goes back in time to Leo DiCaprio. Maybe he goes back pre-Oscar Leo DiCaprio. So it's like, this is how you do it. Yeah, you steal horses. He pretends to be a director. When he's on the the cat the the set of Revenant. The Revenant. He's stealing all the horses from the Revenant set. Or what if it's a separate movie that John Travolta is like, hey, I'm directing this movie. In the movie, we're going to steal all these horses. Leo doesn't know that they're actually stealing the horses. I see. Then rounding them up to take into a spaceship to take to Romulan. Maybe. So it's also a little bit of disaster artists to call back to what we were talking about yeah. earlier. In that you see the making of a terrible movie. Yes. And this, I think Khan is also using some kind of fancy Star Trek technology to make himself look like John Travolta. Okay. He's not John Travolta. But he's but, like, but he looks like. I it. need to be John Travolta to get Leo DiCaprio on board. I like this idea this. that he's looking through his video log history book, uh-huh. and he gets to the '70s and he sees like Saturday Night Fever as like a cultural staple. Yeah, and he's like, that's how I'm going to blend in. Yeah, take on the appearance of John Travolta. Oh, so he's young John Travolta. He's Saturday Night Fever yes. John Travolta. He's Saturday Night Fever John Travolta, and I think he dances the whole time he's talking to Leo DiCaprio. Okay. Yeah. That's a little side quirk. Because <laughs> he thinks that everyone does that because he's not human. Uh huh. Okay. Cool. Um, what what uh, species is this guy going to be? Is he Khan or is he, uh, is he uh, what, a Klingon what? boy or a. Well, I think he's Khan if he needs the super blood. I okay. think we learn 
Khan is actually part Klingon. Yeah, I think that's... I don't know how that works, but he is. Yeah. That's a little side plot we can develop later. What if he just speaks Klingon? He only like speaks nerd. Klingon. Okay. And he communicates to Leo DiCaprio <laughs> through dancing. That's how they... <laughs> that's why he dances all the that's time. That's why he dances. Yes, play charades. I do think he needs an assistant. I don't think the whole thing can be done through dance communication. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that John Travolta can pull off. Hey, Leo DiCaprio, I need, I need you to steal all these horses for this movie. I'm pretending to direct. Through disco dance. <laughs> disco dance. I don't think so. <laughs> Who's his assistant? I think we need like an assistant, like a, like a I minion. Think, I think Quentin Tarantino as in, pl- oh, plays the assistant. Okay, because he's always in his movies for the most part. Uh, but the will Leo DiCaprio be like, hey, that's. That's Quentin Tarantino. I think he's also doing the the technology that oh, projects it's him. someone looking like Quentin Tarantino. He, he's Tarantino. also flipping through his video log history book and sees influential <laughs> directors. This guy likes directors. He's an actor. Okay. I need to yeah. find one. Oh, Quentin Tarantino. I can say that name. Why is it Leo DiCaprio? That's a big question that a lot of people in the audience are going to be asking. Why Leo? Like, I get why they're doing all these things to appeal to Leo, but why Leo? He is a big conservationist. He is a big conservationist. I think he does, like, he is filming Revenant at this time. Okay. Or they have just finished uh, filming The Revenant, and they see all the horses in The Revenant, even though that's not a huge plot point, <laughs> besides the fact that he falls off a cliff with a horse. Yeah. Um, but I do think they see all the horses in that movie, and they then do a little more research and realize, like, oh, he's trying real hard for this Academy Award. Like, this is yeah. his whole shtick. And so they come with that uh, that bid of being like, hey, you want this Academy Award? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to steal all the horses on this mo- other movie that you're filming that has not been revealed to the public because it was discarded and hit forever. Yes. So we have changed the scale of the horses at this point. Yes. Before it was all, it, I was picturing all of the horses in the world are being stolen at some point because- Well, what was the original studio demand? Triple the horses? Triple the horses. I think the original movie had 10 horses. Now there's 30 horses. All right. They had like a Riders of Rohan uh, squad in the movie. I just, I, I just, I like the parallel to the saving the whales. Mm -hmm. I think all of the horses need to be at risk. Okay. Because in the future, there are no horses. That was where we started with all of this. In the Star Trek world, there are no horses because they're all gone. I think this is the start of the plan. Okay. I think, and I think then Leo DiCaprio, after he's been duped, he then gets a taste for it and he's like, all right, I'm into stealing horses. I am a horse thief. On a side note, uh, interesting tangent about my ancestry. <laughs> okay. Here we go. This segment brought to you by Ancestry.com. Um, my, my, uh, it was like my great, great, great grandparents somewhere around there they were horse thieves in england oh, interesting um they actually stole from the queen of england okay and in order to avoid her they had to go into hiding in south africa um, okay and they their last name was originally like botley or bodley like it was b-o-t-t-l-e-e i think and then they switched it to bodley because they could forge the documents easily enough without it looking like they changed too much uh-huh and then they went and hid in South Africa for a long time to avoid the queen. Interesting. So I have a very, I wouldn't say fond, but- But a personal connection. A, a very personal connection to horse thievery. Okay, cool. <laughs> so this is touching me on levels I never thought possible. It's very good. Um, 
Okay, so how? what is Leo DiCaprio's big plan to steal all the horses? And where does the Star Trek crew... I think he just buys them. I don't think he needs a plot. He buys all the horses. He's like, I loved all these horses. I'm going to be just like Viggo Mortensen and buy the horses after the, after the filming is done. And he teams up with Johnny Depp and hides them on Johnny Depp's island. All right. Well, th- I think we need to get him off planet, right? I think... Uh... He buys them aliens. off. He hides them on Johnny Depp's moon. Okay. Which is now a thing that we didn't know about. Yeah, he until owns now. a moon. He owns a moon of Jupiter. Okay, perfect. And the moon and the... I love how we're limited to our solar system, even though it's a Star Trek movie. <laughs> I, I'm, we're not at that point yet. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. Star Trek is in the far future. So eventually, this moon on Jupiter was just teeming with horses. It had all the horses. All the horses they on Earth. They looked in the giant telescope and said, whoa, we see a lot of horses on that moon. Man, how, how, many, horses, there? how many horses do you think there are? All of them. All the horses. All the horses, and then they're breeding, so even more. More than all the horses. <laughs> they bred so much, they are. They have triple the horse population <laughs> we on go. the moon. Triple of the entire population of horses from Earth. Triple it that. Is now on this moon of Jupiter. All right, consider the studio demand met. Europa. Yep, Europa. Okay, <laughs> so that's when a trigger bell goes off. Um, I think real life John Travolta, not oh the real John not Travolta Con, yeah, not Con disguising himself. I think John Travolta. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say is part of the secret society. He's a Scientologist, so maybe like we bring that in, and okay, they have okay. like. Some things that we're unaware of, they actually can, like, communicate with the future. I don't know if, like, I'm touching on things that are insensitive. We'll just say, like, in addition to that, he's also part of the secret society where he can connect with the future. And he reaches out um, to some, like, liaison in the future and is like, hey, we've got a crisis. There is a horse epidemic where we no longer have horses. We need you to send your best people. That... Time yes. liaison yes. then sends out like a stress signal to who he considers the best captain to take over at this situation. But somehow that message ends up going to the two best captains of all time. Steve Buscemi's Captain Kirk and Samuel Jackson's Captain Picard. And okay. so I think we have a time travel situation where the two crews show up at the same time and there is a bit of a rivalry. Like, I, Okay, this is very good. I think I know why it's both crews they both get the distress signal but they send the distress signal to both because they have a debate in our present day about which one is better because that's like a big debate in the star trek world yes is like kirk versus picard um i think they discover that star trek is real it just hasn't happened yet it's not fictional gene roddenberry i think that's his name was able to see into the future and saw these, saw these great heroic space crews, and he made a TV show about them. So it is a little meta, and I do think we have some Galaxy Quest-esque nods yes. to the fandom and the culture surrounding Star Trek. But that, ex- that also explains why the cast is different, because the Star Trek that we know is just a movie about these real yeah. people. Um, that's why there's a little more diversity in this cast, is like... Gene Roddenberry, I guess he was racist. I'm not actually saying that's true, but I mean, that's what he knew, and that's how the industry was at yeah. the time. And it's just like, cool, let's, let's take that cast that I see. Anyway, 
Actually, I think it was a pretty diverse cast for its time. I think we are just as diverse with yeah. our cast but it's as different. the original. People are going to be surprised, like, oh, Captain Kirk is Steve Buscemi, okay? But it's not Steve Buscemi, because... Captain Picard is not a British man trying to be French. He is an African-American. Yeah. That works for me. Yeah. Um, but the, they can't decide, and so they're like, well, send, bu- you know, send the request to both of them. Because they're both good. They can decide who is the better crew. Yeah. So they're competing. Yes. I Okay, this is... I've had this idea as we've been talking about this. I think it'd be very fun if we t- if we spend... You know how most movies have like a little bit of setup and then it's like the main plot for most of the movie uh-huh. and then like a climax and then like a resolution, that kind of thing. What if, what if most of it's the setup? Like we're seeing most of the movie, we're spending like watching like John Travolta make his plans like um, an hour and a half of this like movie. An hour and a half of like, okay, we got to figure out how to get to Leonardo DiCaprio. They're like planning it and they're doing like a bunch of stuff. And I, I think we knew some interesting stuff there. He eventually gets to Leonardo DiCaprio and he thinks it's going to be this really hard thing. But Leo's like, hey, I can just buy him. And he just buys them. It's done. Yeah. Like that part's resolved. Uh-huh. And then it's like, oh no, we need help. And then they spend forever talking about which crew they need to, to call, how they're going to get the help. <laughs> they, they start planning it. The crews eventually get there, and all they have to do is say, hey, Leonardo DiCaprio, don't buy those horses. <laughs> and that's it. There's just, like, all this setup. Um, all the setup for the for the bad guys, simple solution. All the setup like for the that. heroes, simple solution. I love that. We're kind of breaking up the Aristotelian pr- plot line a little bit. but We're showing how deluded that uh, blockbuster movies have become yeah. nowadays. Like, they focus very little on the plot. It's just very like, oh, here's this overcomplicated problem that we're going to uh, forget about all these little, like, details that actually, like, ruin the essence of this plan. And we're just going to get to the action because that's what our viewers yeah. want. That's not what Quentin Tarantino's known for. He's yeah. known for that hearty dialogue, that back and forth that is not necessarily about anything important, but yeah. at the same time very important. But I do think I – th- I think this talk with Leonardo DiCaprio saying, hey, don't buy those horses – I think it can be a long, interesting conversation. Yeah. I think, I think Quentin Tarantino can do a really good job. I keep saying Quentin. I think it's Quentin. Whatever it is, <laughs> that is the real mystery that they find out in this movie yeah. is discovering how to pronounce his name. <laughs> um, I do, yeah, I do think that is the solution, that they just talk to him and Leo's like, oh, cool. Oh, that's bring a, back the horses. Oh, a bad thing is going to happen? <laughs> yeah, I'm down not buying all these horses. Johnny Depp, turn around the spaceship, <laughs> come back. Bring the horses back. Yeah. Why does... Wait, how did Johnny Depp get in this? Because he bought a moon. Oh, that's right. That we don't know about. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, Leo bought all the horses. He can't buy a moon as well. Yeah, yeah. That's Johnny's role. Um, I also think he's not buying all the horses in the world. It's he, This is just the start of, of everything. Yes. Yeah. I just... I really like the concept of, like, just spending our time looking at the, the plot of like oh we're gonna we're gonna do this we gotta get rid of all, we gotta get all those the super blood from the horses and the moral of the story is that don't make life overly complicated yeah it doesn't need to be and i think i think samuel L. jackson can read some shakespeare um, yes talking about how oh that's a given i think he only talks in shakespeare okay i works. think he as part of his curriculum for graduating in space school um, that was the last class he took as a general elective yeah. was Shakespeare, and he fell in love with it and realized that's actually my true passion. Yeah. I should have studied Shakespeare. 
oh well, I can fly a spaceship where I can read Shakespearean poetry <laughs> I, to everyone everyone. Every I like day. the concept of everyone being kind of let down by both of the Star Trek crews. Yeah. It's like, oh man, they're so cool. Like, Picard is like very philosophical, but he like kicks butt. All this stuff. It's like, nah, he's like kind of a wimp, but he loves Shakespeare. I want to do this marketing ploy where we actually show the trailer with the uh, the Chris Pine crew. Oh, And maybe okay. like some hot young stars to play like the Captain Picard crew. And so when we show the movie and we reveal who's actually in it, it's just very disappointing of like, oh, yes, I'm ready to see this gorgeous man yeah. hunk of Chris Pine. And it turns out to be Steve Buscemi. Well, I also think I think we can still get them in the movie making like they're just that movie star trek what's the last one beyond is just in this movie we have a little a clip a cameo from, of them beyond yeah making beyond i like that um and also this other this other uh next generation cast yeah which is not a real thing but we're gonna pretend that it is yeah in the movie it will be a thing ah oh, this is interesting starring like, jesse eisenberg as captain picard there it is with long hair <laughs> Okay, I like this. I think it's a very artsy movie. I don't think it has an artsy tone. It's very clearly an independent Tarantino film, which is not mainstream style by any means. Yes. This is great. I like this. Um, Do we settle on the title? Now that we've discussed it, maybe we should go back to that title. Is it Reservoir Horses? Well, what did we... It was On Horses? On Horses. Star Trek On Horses. Star Trek On Horses. And it needs to be read like, you know how they always do the like... Saving Private Ryan in, in space. space. Yeah, okay. It, it has to be read like that. So it's like Star Trek on horses. Okay. Or As it's because uh, they already got the space. Or it's uh, Houston Bodily's ancestors in space. <laughs> <laughs> I do think Leo DiCaprio does have a, an assistant with the last name Botley. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good nod. Yeah. Okay. Adina Menzel is doing the music, obviously. Uh huh. Um, no, I think we bring in uh, the Lopez, the Lopez family. I can't think of it. Robert Lopez and his wife. I can't think of her name, and I feel bad. Um, they wrote the f- Frozen music. They okay. also wrote the Coco music. Coco's one we did not even bring up. No, we didn't. Um, Coco just came out. I think there there's is our an- tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's an animated short at the beginning of this, and it's two hours long. Because <laughs> that freaking Frozen short. <laughs> I think that is Pixar's way of sticking it to the population of like, hey, you complain about this Frozen short that we worked so hard on? You know what? We're going to stick a feature-length animated short at the beginning of a movie you never thought would okay. have an animated short. You know what it is? The the short before Star Trek on Horses is Frozen 2. <laughs> That's the short before it. It's a double feature. It's a double, no, it's a short before it, but the short is two hours long. <laughs> With Adina Menzel. Yeah. Reprising her role, but that carries over into the Star Trek movie. Yeah, yes. I think you just hear Frozen 2 music in Star Trek on... Sorry. Star Trek. On horses. On horses. Yeah. What was what was the whale movie called? I'm still not settled on on horses. Uh, the whale one was called Star Trek for the voyage home. Let me look this up. Um, is it Star Trek 14? I don't think so, Google. I Googled Star Trek whale movie, and it said Star Trek 14. No, that's not it. It's four. I think they messed up Roman numerals, because it's in Roman numerals, and I think they saw IV, and they're like, oh, one, four. 
Because that, like, it really does. Like, it says Star Trek 14. That's kind of ridiculous. But the poster does have uh, its Roman numerals. 92%. It's it is the Voyage Home. Star Trek 4, the Voyage Home. It's a good home. flick. Yeah. There's that whole Star Trek uh, idea where all the even number movies are good, all the odd numbers are crap, until the J.J. Abrams movies. Interesting. That Maybe that's why they stopped numbering them. Yeah. Because of that superstition. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um... Yeah, I like this. I, I think it, I think it is called On Horse, or I do like Reservoir Horse. I think the movie is called Star Trek colon On Horses. But our podcast, the podcast episode, episode will is... be called Reservoir Horses. I like this. Mm, Star Trek IV. No, I'll just call it Star Trek fourteen in a reference to Google messing it up. <laughs> Star Trek fourteen colon On Horses. The the beauty of this is I think there's been fourteen movies up to this point. As in, I think this might be the fourteenth. There's been Got so six original casts. Yeah. I think there was four of the next generation casts. And then there's three this of this the, new cast. So this is the fourth of the So I'm pretty sure this is the fourteenth one. Yeah. So it works on multiple levels. So it's called the movie is called Star Trek Colon Reservoir. No. Star Trek Colon on Horses. And our uh, the the name of the podcast will be Star Trek fourteen Reservoir Horses. Okay, cool. It's okay. very good. Um ship it. We're ready to go. Make it's that already movie. made. It's made because time travel's involved. Nice work, Quentin. Uh, he did a lot of great work on this. He one. actually made this movie before he told J.J. Abrams about it, and then was like, "Hey, I have an idea. Let me show you it." Yeah. And J.J. Abrams was very impressed. Um, so now our big, uh, the big situation we have is buying the rights off of it from J.J. Abrams. And Paramount yeah. Pictures and Bad Robot Studios. Well, I, I think it's all in place. I think the movie was actually made before J.J. Abrams even even started making his Star Trek movies. That's true. So uh, so I think we're set. I think we're good. And um, then we'll go back in time and buy the rights to Star Wars. That's the after credit out. scene. Yeah. I think we follow up this episode next time with the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. <laughs> Star Wars. Okay. In honor of The Last Jedi, we'll do something. Yeah. Okay. Man, we've been Taika Waititi heavy, though. <laughs> I don't know what's going to be weirder, though. Is this Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie or the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie? I guess here's what we'll do. We will make the two, and then we'll have a debate. Like, we'll set up a poll. Okay. And see which one people like more. Okay, cool. That's a very good challenge. Um, you know what we have not done at all in this episode? What? This is this is kind of our, our holiday episode. <laughs> uh... I think this is an accidental Christmas movie. Like, this is okay. Die Hard or Lethal Weapon or Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Like, it takes place. On Christmas. On Christmas. I think you bring in Shane Black, who's known for, like, the accidental Christmas movies. Okay. As a as a consultant. Okay. Good. And it all takes place during Christmas. And Because then, The Revenant was filmed in winter. Which makes sense, right? Yeah. A lot of winter stuff. And then all of the uh, snobs can say their favorite Christmas music is... Christmas movie is uh, Star Trek on horses, and people are like, "What?" Like, yeah, think about it. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah, Samuel um, Jackson is literally wearing a Santa hat the whole time. <laughs> that fits very well for me. I think Captain Picard is actually very self-aware of his baldness, and by self-aware, I mean like he doesn't like it at all. Yeah, like he is very sensitive about it, so he does wear a Santa hat. I think it's one of those Santa hats that also has like a wig coming out of the bottom. Uh huh. I love this concept of everyone being disappointed in the Star Trek crews when they show up. 
<laughs> I think it's really funny to me. Oh, man. Uh, should we wrap it up? Yeah. Do you want to tell them where they can find us, Brian? Yes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, at Screen Redeem. Uh, you can find our Facebook page, The Silver Screen Redemption. Silver Screen is all one word, as always. Uh, you can email us uh, with studio demands or ideas for movies you'd like to see at thesilverscreenredemption at gmail.com. Uh, anything else you want to throw in here at the end? I'm good. Okay. I'm uh, Brian Perry. I, I'm Houston Bodley. Whether or not they need redemption, we'll be there. Any similarities to actual persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental.